Hello, citizens. Welcome back to this fucking show. It's 12.11 in the morning. I've been drinking. Where are your children? Not, not that I have them or anything. Just, anyway, theme song. L.I.W. American Horror Story Review. Hello, citizens. Welcome to that show I just read off in the, the pre-recorded thing. I just moved my microphone. Sorry about that. This is episode 56 of that show, Camp Redwood 901. As I've mentioned in previous episodes, I'm doing a bingo hopper thing, and it shows American Horror Story. So I'm starting season 9. Let's get fucking to it, right? This is going to be a longer one than usual because I have to get through all the introductories of the characters and their backstories and blah, blah, blah. Same thing the show has to do when you watch it. You have to get everything out of the way. Luckily, this one does a freeze frame, and it says her name in pink 80s font. And then it moves on, but they have the, you know, the, the cliche backstory thing. Well, you haven't been here since you failed the Olympics and blah, 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 that sort of shit. But let's move on. Starts off in 1970. A couple's fucking, or about to fuck, get, you know, 80% to fucking. They're about ready to, he's about ready to insert his, his penis into her vagina, if you don't know how that works. But there's also a third girl there, so they're about to have a three-way. But he says a line. She's like, he's like, don't worry, lambskins, courtesy of my pop's undies drawer. And I was like, ew, for so many reasons. Not the first reason being, you said pop's undies. That's worse than getting the actual condom out of your father's underwear drawer. The fact that you phrased it in that way is disgusting. Do not say that during sex. It will not lead to sex in most cases. It will lead to, oh, never mind. Made a horrible mistake. I'm so sorry. Need to leave, sir. Please don't rape me. That's what it's going to lead to in real way. Uh, in real life. Uh, they're about to have a three-way, but instead all three of them are killed. And they, we don't really get a whole lot of uh, information here. They're just killed. And then we see like a stack of bodies as the camera uh, dollies out of the way. Anyway. We get the intro to the new season, which is awesome. It's all 80s doubt, and that's what I expected. Of course, you see that, and uh, it's it's what you think it's going to be, but it's pretty cool looking. One of the cooler intros of this of the show. Anyway, um, we get the usual names in the in the credits there. I'm not going to go into a whole lot of detail about who's in this because we all know at this point who's the who the fuck is in this show. It's the same people we've seen the previous nine seasons for the most part, or the previous several seasons for the most part. There's a lot of fucking people in the show, but anyway, this episode did debut September 18th of 2019, and I'm, I don't know, a year and a half later, here we are getting to it. Um, I'm looking forward to season nine, this is my first, uh, I don't really know anything about it, other than I knew it was 1984 and it was a slasher, so this is the 1984 season, so let's, that's what it's called. It's, everything else is like a name of our place, and this is just 1984, so it should be called like the slasher season, something, but no, it's called 1984. Anyway... Um, it's in Los Angeles. That's where this is all set in the beginning. There's a workout routine going on. This is where we get the introduction of all the characters. They're in a workout class. We get Xavier. We get Montana. We get Ray. We get Chet. And we get Brooke. And those are our five characters that are going to continue for the rest of the episode. Brooke is staring at Chet, who seems like a real fucking douchebag. He seems like an 80s douchebag. Um, Montana wants to hook them up. She she mentioned she's a friend with her. She says, I'm not a les, just friendly when they're in the shower, when she's in the shower with Brooke. Brooke is um, Emma Roberts. 
Montana is uh, Billy Lord, who I have a major crush on. But she's in the shower with her. She's like, I'm not a les. just want to hook you up if you want to. I don't give a shit. I don't care either way. But let's hook you guys up. Um, Brooke then goes outside and meets them all. Uh, Montana and introduces all of them. And they're, so they're friends now. Xavier talks about there's some sort of brutal crime that, ended, that happened. And then he says he's an actor. But then he has a gig as a camp counselor to get out of Los Angeles because they're worried about the Night Stalker. A lot of... A lot of usual uh, American Horror Story stuff where they blend in a fake story with real life, much like Tarantino's been doing recently. But there's a summer camp. They're leaving tomorrow if they want to join. All four of them are going. They try to convince Brooke, and she's like, nah, i got to hang around because I'm going to be a veterinary assistant. I start school. And Ray's like, I'm in, the, I'm in the medical field too. And then, of course, Montana has to shit all over him, ironically, shit, because she goes, you're an orderly. You mop up poop. I'm like, yeah, in a medical facility. He's in the medical field, bitch. I'm sorry. He's That's what he is. That's what he's doing. Why are you being a bitch? Why are you being a horrible bitch? That's all your character is, is a bitch. Anyway, um, they're driving to camp later. Oh, I, I skipped a scene because it did. Uh, I deleted my wrong the wrong notes. Um, she, um, What is Emma Roberts? Brooke goes home that night. She puts her jewelry in a jewel box, and it takes a long time to focus on it. And I'm like, what is the payoff here? And it's immediate because she's putting her jewelry away. She gets, oh, uh, she gets woken up in the middle of the night by someone who's like, I want your jewelry, bitch. Give me your jewelry. Hail Satan, blah, blah, blah. Steals the jewelry, and it's like, that was not worth it, bitch. Luckily, I'm going to cut you up. And he goes, is that it? swear on satan i'm like what the fuck am i gonna watch he says he's the night stalker which we had we had the night stalker we had richard rodriguez in season five he was at uh evan peter's weird serial killer party that he had in that episode and then it's basically she escapes somehow and then uh it cuts to them all driving the camp um and this is where we get our backstory for chet he says he was kicked out of the olympics for drugs you know you know doping you know steroids and such and he's like he denies it at this point he's still denying it even to his friends so who knows i don't really give a shit but then they whip out some cocaine and chet's like yep i'm totally about that let's go ahead and snort some fucking coke i don't give a shit what's in my body anymore what are they gonna do kick me out of the olympics fuck you and as if you don't know if you're not aware 84 was the olympic year so this is he missed it this year so it's a little uh rough on him and the olympics are appear to be going on now because it's the summer so it's a summer camp so He's missing it right now, so he's a little pissed off. And uh, Montana also does some cocaine, and uh, good on her. They stop at a gas station, and this is where you get, they get another cliche out of the way, where Donald Swayze, of all fucking people, is the gas station attendant. He fills up the tank, and then they're like, where, he's like, where are you guys going? And they're like, Camp Redwood. And he's like, you should all just go home. They never should have reopened that place. You're all going to die. He does that whole cliche thing. Like They even make fun of that in uh, Cabin in the Woods, one of my favorite movies, where they have to get that out of the way so that the characters have been alerted. That's part of the cliche. And then they have to continue to the deaths. That's part of the cliche, though, is they have to have someone say it and move, and they have to ignore them. They got that out of the way. It's out of the way. Patrick, Swayze, or Patrick Swayze's brother has warned them. Don Swayze has warned them. And they can move the fuck on. Um, at the gas station, Xavier calls someone, he calls someone, and he hears, they didn't really introduce what the fuck is going on or who the fuck this is, but he hears on the other end, you can't just take your dick and walk away, and it says a bunch of other vague, weird shit, but he ignores it and just kind of hangs up the phone, and I was like, okay, well, the fuck was that about? 
they're kind of they're really just planting the seeds of mystery for everybody at this point. They've only gotten to Xavier and uh, another character that I'll get to later, but they don't really go into a whole lot of detail. Eventually, they leave again and they hit a guy in the in the van. And they're getting another cliche out of the, out of the way. Excuse me. Like I said, it's it's twelve twenty in the morning and I've been drinking. Uh, Look at me some burps. Anyway, they hit a guy with their van and he wakes up. And they deny even hitting him in the first place. There's scratches on his arms. A couple of like branch cl- scratches. And they're like, oh, it wasn't me. But uh, he wakes up and he's like, "Like, what are your, what's your name? He goes, I can't remember. And he starts screaming. He's like, you got to believe me. I tried. And he passes out. They get to the camp. It appears to be the next day or maybe the same day. I don't know. I don't know how fucking far away this place is. I don't know where they're going. Um, Leslie Grossman is the camp council- camp owner. She plays Margaret Booth. She owns the camp. Um, they mention they have a stranger that they hit the car. They don't, I don't think they even say that. They just say he needs medical assistance. They get him into the, into the infirmary, which we meet our doctor who is played by Angelica Ross. She's nurse Rita. That's not my notes. So I'm trying to play a little catch up here on my notes. Um, they do a little tour of the camp. There's a lot that happens here. They introduce chef birdie who looks like fucking Danny DeVito in drag. She looks like a horrible human being as far, you know, physically, she looks like she gave up on life 37 years ago and is just on this coasting out period, which is just a coasting downhill, and she's just falling the fuck apart and could not be more excited for that. The only thing she roots for is death, it looks like. She is just waiting for death. I feel like if whoever the fuck is the killer here kills her, she's going to be like, ah, I don't give a shit. Okay, as long as I get some marble reds in the way out. I don't give a fuck. She looks just like Danny DeVito, which is unfortunate because Danny DeVito's an ugly man. Great per- great person. Hilarious person. Smart person. But you don't want to be a woman and look like Danny DeVito. It is not it is not bode well for you in this life. I'm so sorry. Not making fun of Danny at all. But you don't want to be a woman that looks like that. Anyway. Um, they mentioned during the tour, Leslie Grossman does, that uh, the girls shower in the a.m. and the boys shower in the p.m. When, this, when, the, when the kids arrive in the morning. That's their schedule. And I'm like, that's weird because boys tend to shower more in the morning and girls tend to shower at night. So their hair has a chance to dry overnight. And wh- But this camp doesn't give a fuck, I guess, about that. I don't know. I find it a little weird because typically what I notice is women shower later than men. But I don't know. I don't know what the fuck they're saying there. Who knows? Margaret Bruth, uh, she admits that she was um, on the side of the guy that shot Larry Flint, Charles Keating. And she's super Christian and makes him like swear to n- not have sex and do all this and no drugs, no drinking, blah, blah, blah. She's really uh, strict on these rules. Her husband Walter died recently and then she bought the camp as a way to... Uh, get these Christian morals into these kids, I guess. I don't know. She's fucking weird. There's a lot going on there. Um, I'm not looking forward to that being cracked open because of the super uber Christians thing, but whatever. Um, later on, they're all around the campfire with Nurse Rita. They're smoking weed. She says she doesn't want that, but she'll take a marble red. They start to talk about the 1970 massacre in which uh, Benjamin Richter, a.k.a. Mr. Jingles, was the killer. They get it wrong. She says 10 people. The nurse does. And then uh, Margaret shows up. And she's like, no, no, it was nine. Because I'm the survivor. And she shows, that she, she shows that she has no ear. And then we see her backstory in 1970 where all those bodies are there. She gets stabbed, but she lives. And she when she wakes up, he's cutting off her ear. 
And then she ends up being his, and she's like, I, thanks to Jesus, I didn't scream. I just sat there and accepted my fate. Didn't give him the satisfaction of screaming. And then she was the star witness at his trial. So therefore, we got motive for him or craziness for her. Those, those are the, like, the two avenues you can go down. A lot, a lot of red herrings are being laid down here in this episode. The man that got hit by the van wakes up, and he, he brushes his hair aside, and we see that his ear is off. And I'm like, we got some time travel shit going on. Based on what he said earlier and what he says coming up here, because Montana finds him standing in the dark with a scalpel, and she, he's, she's like, I didn't see you. He's like, ah, you have to leave. Something terrible is going to happen. And I was like, oh, yeah, we definitely got some time travel shit going on. I don't know what the fuck. Because especially now that I've seen the rest of the episode, I have not seen anything further. I almost started watching episode two, and I went, no. I made a promise I would only watch one episode at a time, so I've only seen the first episode. I know nothing about the rest of the season. Other than the final episode is called Final Girl, or one of the last episodes is called that. Well, only because I had to make posters. That's the only thing I know about it. I remember nothing else. So I don't know. It seems like there's a weird time travel thing going on. I really kind of hope not, but also kind of do, because that sounds interesting. But also, it depends on how they do it. Then again, I kind of trust Ryan Murphy. So if I trust him, go ahead with the time travel. If I didn't, don't do the time travel at all. But I trust him at this point. Um... They're, they go back to the cabin after that guy freaked the fuck out and then went to sleep. They go back to the cabin, all the counselors, and then they're sitting there drinking and, and playing games. And then Trevor shows up, who is played by Matthew Morrison, who's great in this episode. He's only in a couple scenes here at the very end. But he shows up and he's like, drinking, smoking's not allowed, drinking's not allowed. You guys shouldn't be together, you're men and women. But he's holding a six-pack the whole time, so you're not like believing him at all. But the kids are, or the teenagers are. And I was like, but no, I'm not going to believe a goddamn thing you say. But he's like, ah, I'm just fucking with you. It's weird to hear the word fuck in this show. I forget that they can do that in late night FX. But whatever. I'm going to take a drink. One second. I'm back. Um, they all kind of, Montana's like, you look familiar. You're in this, right? He, not, he says he's in a bunch of stuff. And then he admits to being in the Jane Fonda workout video and he got cut because he was stealing focus. And the reason he stole focus is because of his giant fucking hog that he has in his pants. All the men are wearing short shorts. Um, later on, he goes down to the pier outside the cabin, and then he sees Montana is there skinny dipping, so he joins her. Um, uh, I wrote Brooke in my notes, but it's definitely not Brooke. It's Montana. I, I'm glad I said that. I, I'm kind of getting the names already. The re Part of the reason I memorized their names so quickly is because they had it on screen and they said it. That helps me 1,000%. If I just have to memorize it going off IMDb, reading it, it's going to take me a lot longer. But if I hear it and see it at the same time, I memorize it. I, that's just how my brain works, I guess. That's how I learn. But anyway, um, they're, they're fucking around, and she wants to see his dick. She sees his dick, and then he's like, I got another surprise. And he, he holds his breath and goes down on her below the water. And then she sees a truck in the distance turn on its lights and go like, vroom, vroom, and then kind of backs away. And she freaks out. He comes up. He's like, you almost drowned me because you're squeezing my, my head with your thighs while I was licking your pussy. And then what's going on? She, and the truck's gone. So she's, she's like, let's just get inside because they're starting to, starting to get some lightning going on. Um, then we cut. And this is where the episode completely shifts. Um, we get, there's a storm going on. So we see someone driving up. And there's a bunch of like inmates at the outside of them. And some insane asylum. And they're all over the place. Like uh, Batman Arkham Asylum. They're just all the fuck over the place. And they're trying to like capture them with butterfly nets and weird shit like that. 
But it's Darren, uh, Dr. Karen Hoppy, I should say. And she's like, she's the one that's driving around. She's the one that's in the car. And she's like, she gets out of the car and she goes, what the fuck's going on? Like, why are they all free? And then Mitch Pelegi is in this episode from X-Files. And she, he plays uh, Art. That's it. There's Art. Anyway, he says, uh, I'm reading that off IMDb right now. He says, Mr. Jingles escaped and opened the master release. And at which point I was like, why in an insane asylum do you need a master release? They they said it in in uh, Shutter Island that there's a master release simply because if it floods, so they don't drown all the patients, they just let them go. But in this world, I don't know why the fuck they have that in Los Angeles or somewhere in California. It doesn't flood that much. You don't get that much rain, and it wasn't like below ground, like it wasn't Shutter Island. It wasn't a fucking island of shutters. It was. It's in California. Why the fuck do they have a master release that is so easily accessible on the way out? Just if you if you break out, seems like a design flaw. No matter how you look at it. Then it cuts to it says three hours earlier, and then we see Mister Jingles and he fakes hanging himself in his uh, cell. The guard goes in there and is like, "You just saved the taxpayers so much money." And then he gets strangled by the guard. He strangles the guard with his legs, um, or chokes him. Yeah, he chokes him out. Right. At this point, I'm like, he's kind of equal part to Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, because there's a summer camp. There you get your Friday the 13th Jason Voorhees thing. But also, he's just, he reminds me, especially because he's escaping from the insane asylum, he reminds me a lot of Michael Myers. So he's kind of like half and half. He, he's like uh, he, right in the middle, split down the middle. And I don't know where the fuck they're going to go with this. I don't know, especially because um, John Carroll Lynch has already played a bunch of weirdos and serial killers in this show. Like in season four, he plays uh, the clown guy with all the weird, the missing jaw and the weird teeth. So who knows what the fuck, where the fuck is this going to go? If he's actually, if he actually matters to the overall plot, I don't think he's going to that much. But who knows? It could be wrong. Could this could be a straightforward season? But I don't think so. And I will get to my theories here in a second. Uh, I do have a cliche alert here at this point because uh, it immediately says he escaped. Mister Jingles escaped. The, uh, her backstory uh, earlier. Um, Leslie Grossman's character, Margaret Booth, her backstory was that Mr. Jingles was a janitor. He he, he left from Vietnam or some some war, and he was he was making ears and into a necklace, which you've already seen a thousand times in different movies. It's you know one of those things where they kill you, he kills you, he takes your ear as a necklace as a trophy, and that's why everyone has missing ears, and that's why I think it was a weird time travel thing because he's been locked inside of an insane asylum for twenty years, no, fourteen years at this point because it's 1970, 1984. And that's why I think this is a, there's a time travel thing going on because that guy's like, we need to leave now. And his ear's missing and it seems fresh. Anyway, that's the backstory is that Mr. Jingles, because he, you call him that because his keys would always jingle because he was a janitor at the, at the camp because that's the only job he could get after he was kicked out of the army or Marines or whatever the fuck he was kicked out of because of him being a psychopath collecting ears around his neck. That's the backstory there. She saw him. She's the star witness there. Something going on. Uh, but anyway, he escapes and then we immediately see Don Swayze. That's when I said the cliche alert. He's a mechanic and he, he, the cat runs by and you get the round. There's a couple of those in this episode. And I was like, I'm just waiting, like doing a, a countdown in my head until Don Swayze gets killed by this car. And eventually he does. The car falls on him. He's below it. He's a mechanic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've seen all this, but I kind of think that's the point at this point. They want to do everything you've seen. 
So you get familiar with it, and then they can go off and do their weird shit. Ryan Murphy does all this, does it a lot. Uh, he veers off course quite a bit. I don't know how much they're going to do in this, episode, this season because there's only nine episodes. Hopefully that does minimize them. Nine episodes seems like a good number for them because it keeps them in the, in the structure zone. doesn't allow them to wander off in the fuckneckville where you get the random shit that has nothing to do with the actual episode. The, the, the Tupperware Party Massacre, remind you. Anyway, um, uh, Monta- Montana gets back to, to her cabin. She, find, or she, she gets back to a cabin, I should say, and she finds the man that they hit with the van. She finds him dead and like pinned against the wall, the door. She freaks out. She runs through the woods, and she falls down a bunch. Cliche, cliche. And then she's getting chased by Mr. Jingles because you hear the keys. Um, she runs into the cabin, and she tells the rest of the group that she's uh, been chased by Mr. Jingles, and they don't believe her at first, but then they immediately start looking. That's good friendship. And then he's gone, obviously. They go outside, and he's gone. And I was like, okay. This is what I, uh, my notes literally say. Nobody's been around for either the Night Stalker in the beginning or Mr. Jingle Attacks. Both of those things happened that we saw, and nobody else was around to corroborate. And I get a little red flag popping up going, is this bitch coming up with this shit out of nowhere? So I'm posting this little flag right here in the podcast saying, I called it here, calling it now, kind of suspected something earlier with the Night Stalker thing, because what are the fucking odds, but posting it here officially. And I'm getting also getting season three of the, the Canadian TV show Slasher. I'm getting vibes of that. That show, that, that season was about a summer camp and all that. I watched that first, the first season I watched of that. And then I was like, oh, it was okay. But I guess, I guess that the spoiler alert for that show, go ahead and stop now or, or fast forward 15 seconds or 10 seconds if you want to watch the show Slasher season three or whatever the fuck the, the cabin one is. But I guess that the woman was imagining that her son was there. I guess that an episode three, whatever the, like two, one, I don't know. I guess it's so fucking early on that by the time I got there, I was like, yeah, I know. But I'm, I'm getting vibes of that show, and I'm not looking forward to that. Um, anyway, Brooke hears a phone out in the distance ringing, and she walks away. And then she picks up the phone, and she hears some keys jingling. And then she, she sees the Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez, right in front of her. And she just looks at him. And that's where the episode ends. That's our, that's our mystery. And I'm kind of going... Clearly, he's not really there because they had a line earlier like, he couldn't have followed you here. And I'm like, he's probably not really there. But was he ever there? I can't decide if they're saying, is she's crazy here? And we're just acknowledging the fact that she's crazy. Or if they're saying, uh, here's, here's Richard Ramirez and the Night Stalker and uh, Mr. Jingles is killing people. Which one is it? Do they want me to think this is what's going on? Or is this, is this what's going on? Like, are they aware that I'm going to be thinking that she's crazy already? Are they already ahead of me, is my question. That's If I could boil it down really simplistically, that's what I'm thinking. And I'm getting worried at this point, folks. I'm getting worried. Is, is the show ahead of me? Are they not? Do I care? Will I continue with this show? And I will. But that's the end of the episode. It's uh, I really do like this episode. It's pretty solid, especially for the introductory episode where they have to do so much stuff. And it did feel a bit rushed. I do give it an 8. I do believe the IMDb score is also 8. So I am right in uh, right in that. Right in that score. So good episode. Not amazing. If 
fun characters. I love you, Billy Lord. Um, sorry, what did I just say? No, it's um, a good episode. I, I really do. I'm looking forward to this season. It looks it's the most I, most excited I've been for a season in quite a while, just based off premise alone. I hope they don't do a bunch of cliche cliche shit all the way through the season. I hope this is just a couple, you know, the first couple episodes have it so they get it out of their system and they go, we did that on purpose to get you comfortable. Now let's make you uncomfortable. That's what I'm looking for. I want them to put their own spin on the uh, overdone market of 80s slashers movies. I hope it's not just a, a complete homage to 80s slashers movies because that would just be overdone and unnecessary, to be honest with you. But... That's all I want to say about that. Go to liwstudios.com, Loitering in Wonderland on YouTube, every Tuesday night, a couple of Twilight episodes, every Wednesday night, an anthology show. And then we also do a either John Carpenter, John Frankenheimer, or Nick Cage movie on our live streams, 10 p.m. Eastern for both nights, Tuesday, Wednesdays, Loitering in Wonderland on YouTube. Um, Raiders of the Lost Flicks.com is uh, one of our sponsors, as well as, um, no, that's it. I was going to say they're our sponsor, but, you know, if you want to check out Red Dragons Radio, they host our, they, they're one of the other sites that host our Twilight Zone show, LAW Twilight Zone Review. Check that all out on LIWstudios.com, at LIW Anthology Pod, at LIW The TZ Review, at LIW Studios, at Phoenix West, at B Movie Battle, at Raiders underscore OTLF, at underscore Frank Links, double L-N-K-Z on that links. Those are all my plugs, and I'm out of breath now. It is now 12.37 in the morning. I will now get out of here because I have exhausted everything to say about this episode. Good episode. I have not looked into the trivia because I don't want to get any spoilers. I refuse to do any information. That's not a sentence. I refuse to look into any information on this season because I don't want any spoilers. I want to be able to guess based on what I see in the moment. But anyway, I will be back for episode 902, which is called... Something. It has the title. Trust Mr. Jingles, I think. Yeah, Mr. Jingles is 902. I'm looking forward to that, and I will be back. So until next time, and in the meantime, I'm Phoenix Mr. Jingles West. I will slaughter you. (laughs) Oh, shit. Just said the wrong part out loud. Oh, no. I will cut you up in little pieces. Fuck it. It's already out there in the open. Gonna kill you. I'm gonna kill you if you keep listening. (laughs) But go ahead and keep listening. Oh, so long, citizens. Oh, bye, Mr. Jingles. Call me. <laughs>